that I wish to I wish to greet you today in the words of St. Francis of Assisi as he met Brother Dominic on the road to Umbria. Hey, how you doing? I hope this message comes off well, not because of me, but because I hope God gets the glory. What I love about this church and what I love about what I feel is happening, a, a deepening and a movement where we don't come to camp around a presentation. We come to camp around the presence of the Lord. Just like the children of Israel, that's why we're here. We're here for the Lord, not for some presentation, not for something that we can somehow get out. I mean, we are blessed by it, hopefully. We are encouraged by it, hopefully. But ultimately, it's, it's the camp around His presence. So that is my heart for us today. Well, if you could turn your, open your Bibles or open your tablet or phone, we're going to get into the message where we're going to look at this church, the church of Smyrna. As we continue in our series in Revelation, the churches of Revelation, it is in, Re- in Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. If you don't have your Bible with you, we'll have the passages up on the screen. Here at Renovation, we, we take the Bible seriously. It is our, our instruction for faith and hope, and it is the only standard by which we want to to measure our faith by. Amen? Amen. That's something that's very important for us. So let me go ahead and read through this passage and we'll begin to look at what Jesus is saying to the church of Smyrna. Chapter 2, verse 8. To the angel of the church of Smyrna write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, Yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue synagogue of Satan. But do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the evil, the, the devil, will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death. And I will give you the crown of life. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. As we've talked about before, the book of Revelation is a book that is a unveiling or revealing of who Christ is, the risen Christ. That's the whole point of this book. It's a book of misery and mystery, but it's a book ultimately of him revealing himself. And as we compare and look at the different churches over the last several weeks and, and weeks to come, this particular church, the Church of Smyrna, is one of two out of the seven that actually... God did not, Jesus did not bring a rebuke to. 
They were a, in a wealthy town. Smyrna was a place of commerce. There's actually a city there. It's not called Smyrna today. There's actually a city there today. And this was a place where it was one of the main hubs, if you will, of their society. Like Ephesus, about 50 miles away from Ephesus. And so there was a lot of cultural things that were occurring here in the area of Smyrna. It was interesting when we think about the, the other churches and comparing them. Like I've mentioned before, I want us to remember that Jesus' desire is always towards reconciliation. I want you to know that Jesus' desire for us is always towards reconciliation. That's his heart for us. So no matter what we may, what stage of life we may find ourselves in right now, whatever circumstances or situations, he has the best for us in mind. He has the best for you in mind. I hope that brings you comfort. <laughs> it does me. It does me. Here Jesus is described the first and the last. He's described as he introduces himself and speaks to each of the churches. He, he kind of introduces himself a little bit differently in, in each one. He is, he is deity. He's the Lord of all. He's the first and the last. He's the son of man. He's the son of God. Each one of these, he is communicating to them, I have the authority to speak into your life. And I hope that we will have that same heart attitude, that we will say, yes, Jesus. Yes, you can speak into my life. You can speak into this church. And in verse 9, it says, I, I know your afflictions. This is a church that is going through persecution. And afflictions are the, the kind of the term or the definition of it's, it's about somehow physical harm that is that, that they are experiencing that they could experience and poverty you know maybe they have lost out on a job opportunity because of their faith maybe they've lost property because of their faith in Christ maybe they've lost their job altogether because they are standing up for their relationship they're standing up for the one that they believe is the first and the last who died and rose again. So they're experiencing much cultural pressure, even to the point of death. And there was a saint called Polycarp. And right about 150 AD, who was a martyr for Christ in this city. So we know from church history that there were those that did ultimately give their life for Christ. This is the challenge, part of the challenge of what's facing this church here in Smyrna. But Jesus also says, you are rich. I don't, I don't think that's probably good grammar. I probably didn't say that right in good grammar, but nonetheless, this is a church that does not have many physical economic power. Um, they are 
again, under affliction and persecution and suffering and poverty. But <laughs> Jesus says they're rich. And when Jesus says you're rich, you're rich. And it's, it's, it's within an economy that's not our economy, if you know what I'm saying. It's based upon things not that's in front of our eyes that we can see right now, that we can understand with our mind. So what we're talking about how, here, here, love, here at Renovation, about how God wants to take these truths that he's given us and, and move them from our head into our heart. That's what they're rich in. They're rich in faith. They're rich in love. They're rich in mercy. They're rich in kindness, generosity. Even to the point of death, if need be. They have come to the place that they have embraced this passage. Matthew 6, 19-21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy but where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For moths and vermin do not destroy. And where thieves do not break in and steal. The contrast between Smyrna and the five, there's one other, but the, the, the additional churches that Jesus brings a word of rebuke to could not be more greater. They're all suffering cultural pressures, but they've chosen to stand firm in their faith. It could not have been easy, right? But they've standing firm. Again, they have allowed the message of Christ and the person of Christ to move from this knowledge into their heart, into their lives, where they have embraced all that Christ is, His Lordship. When you compare the churches in Revelation, the other churches in Revelation to Smyrna, it's, it, it's like this. In the Old Testament, we say this on occasion here as well, in the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit came, He came at a specific time, for a specific purpose, on a specific person. It was limited. It was, he came as if he was a guest. But in the new covenant, the new covenant in Christ, he comes to be the host. He's not satisfied with being a guest. I mean, we invite him here. We want his presence here. We want to camp around his presence here and in our lives. But he comes to be guest, not host. And what's happening in the other churches, it's professional spiritualship, professional spiritualism, professional religion. It's professional intimacy. We know what professional intimacy is. You know what we call it. They're prostituting themselves. But not at Smyrna. 
and are staying faithful to Christ and His Word, even in the midst in the midst of persecution and suffering and economic hardship. Their focus was the kingdom. Their focus was Christ. Their focus was not what they could see right in front of their faces, but a reality that is more real than what is right in front of their face. They're focused on God's kingdom, and that should be our response. That should be our focus. That we, too, would focus on the kingdom that is here, in part, but nonetheless here, and will be magnified and manifested in the days to come. You recognize this? Passport? This passport tells me and tells anyone else that would look at this my citizenship. This passport says I'm a citizen of the United States. It's only true in part. Let me explain. Sometimes my wife and I will remind each other, we'll ask ourselves the question or ask each other the question. Now, how would our lives be different if we lived on the foreign mission field? What would our priorities look like? What would our spending habits look like? If someone, if we had a bad day and someone spoke against us we would say thank you Lord okay this is a part of what we're called to Jesus said hey, if they're going to persecute me they're going to persecute you you have a mindset of like Lord it may, be, it may be hurtful what they said it may be hurtful what they did but our mindset would be different don't you think if we were living on a foreign mission field The truth is, the truth is we are living on a foreign mission field. I happen to be a, a temporary citizen of this country. My permanent citizenship is in God's kingdom. And not only am I a citizen of God's kingdom, I'm to be an ambassador of God's kingdom. And that's a whole nother level. We have a mission, church. We have a call, not out of obligation, but out of love. We do it out of obligation. Again, it's, it's professional intimacy. That's what obligation is. Right? Professional intimacy is an obligation of intimacy. We're, we're called into... An incredible love relationship where the recklessness of his mercy, <laughs> the recklessness of his mercy towards us, and that we can swim in that, and bathe in that, and take that in, and be, be so intimate and close with Christ.
We need to be sober-minded and not forget the sufferings of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Throughout church history, there have been times where there's been massive amounts of persecution on various levels. And I heard a, read a news report that 2015 was, in recent years, one of the worst for the persecution of Christians around the world. Not just because of ISIS. Not just because of them. But people everywhere from Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan. Did you know there was Uzbekistan? I mean, I'm not even counting that right. Indonesia. Philippines. Colombia. In our own hemisphere. People are being persecuted for the love of Jesus. 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9. So be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Now, we can't even begin to compare what we experience in America to our brothers and sisters. And we have to be honest. And back to my example of, you know, what if we were in a foreign mission field? The example of us having a bad day where someone says something not kind to us. Sometimes we wither like a flower under that here. I'm not saying it's easy to take words of you know, talking bad about us or whatever the case may be, but you can't compare that to what our brothers and sisters in Christ are experiencing right now around the world. And that's, I'm not, I don't say that as a, as a guilt trip. Words can hurt, but in comparison. So I want us to remember our brothers and sisters in Christ. There's ways to do that. The Voice of the Martyrs is a ministry that ministers to those that are in deep suffering and persecution. Others, Open Doors Ministries. What can we do? We can pick up books like this and, and read. This is called Fox's Book of Martyrs, or Fox's Christian Martyrs of the World. John Fox, born 500 years ago today. Not today. 500 years ago this year. And he wrote about martyrs from the birth of the church until his time. And there are other publications like this. It's called Jesus Freaks. And this was put out by Voice of the Martyrs. We can learn about what's happening around the world. Here's one story. This is entitled, My Life is a Prayer by Mary. And she told this story. She was, um, well, in case she was 17 years old. She lived in Lebanon during the Lebanese Civil War. Mary and her family were forced to their knees before their home. The leader of a Muslim fanatical group raided their village and was waving a pistol 
in front of their faces. He hated Christians, and that hatred was burning in his eyes. If you do not become a Muslim, he threatened, I will shoot you. Mary knew that Jesus was her Savior. She embraced the cross. Mary's choice was to, was to save and proclaim, I have been baptized as a Christian. I identify with Christ. I will not. I will not deny my faith. I will obey him. You can go ahead and shoot. The sound of the gun behind her head echoed through her ears and through that valley. Her body fell limp on the ground. Two days later, the Red Cross came into her village. All of her family, of, of all of her family, Mary was the only one still alive. But the bullet had cut her spinal cord, leaving both of her arms paralyzed. They were immovable, stretched out in front of her, or along her side, reminiscent of Jesus on the cross. She could do nothing for herself. She wondered what her life may bring, but she also said, I may not be able to do certain things, have, physical, have a physical working job, but I will offer my life. I will offer my life up to the Muslims who hate me. Like the ones who cut my father's throat, cursed my mother and stabbed her, and then killed then killed her. My life will be a prayer. Those of you who have a cell phone can get it out, a smartphone, flip phone, probably won't do. If you have a smartphone with you today, you can get that out or a tablet. What can we do? What should our response be? Be informed. We also take action. We can, in part of our being informed, we can do things like, like this. We can go to Google Play or the, apps, the Apple Store. And we can look up an app that says VOM Prayer Today. Do you have your smartphones out? Go ahead and do that real quick. Do you have a smartphone? If you don't, uh, right. we're only going to take a second or two. VOM Prayer Today. I love this app. I got a new phone and I moved it all around so I can't find it. That's fine. But 
there is a suggested kind of focus on a, a country, a situation that's going on where they will do the work for you. Tell, let's tell you what's happening in that particular location, that particular country, the type of persecution that they're suffering, and, and how we can pray for them. And it's awesome. And all the apps that are available to us, and, and again, I don't say this as a guilt trip, I'm just saying there's a lot of times I go on that app and, I, and it tells you how many people have prayed in that day using that app. Now granted, you don't have to use that app to pray. I'm just giving that as an example, but now, I see that it says, now, 42 people have prayed today. I'm thinking, man, 42 people. I hope people are praying beyond whoever has this app, because 42 people? And again, you don't have to have an app to pray, people. I mean, I'm saying, let's give an example, but that is a great tool that you can use. Other ministries, like I think I mentioned Open Door Ministries, is another one that is ministering to persecuted church. So things that we can do, we can pray, we can serve, we can oh, give. Oh, what was the acronym? V-O-M. V-O-M. V is in Victor, O is in Oscar, M is in Mike. Pray today. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Pray, give, serve. I got a special offer for someone today. I have a $20 bill. And if someone has a dollar bill on them, if you have a dollar bill on you right now, I will give you a $20 bill for that dollar. Anybody have a dollar on them? Oh, boy, okay, let me get that. You got it out? All right. Here's my 20 a little piece of paper. Oh, this is a little piece of paper too, by the way. You mean, no. There, there is a situation. There's a situation to where us as believers, we are too often occupied and invested in the things of this world that are useless and are actually fool's gold. What you see before us is turning to dust and rust. It's on its way out. One way or another. And the things of this world, they're fool's gold. They're false gold. In fact, those that did get this piece of paper, I, I signed on the back. It says, be rich in Christ for today's day in my name. That may be worth something someday. <laughs> worth more than that dollar, maybe, someday. Some may trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. That's what lasts. He says, my word will last forever, he says. So stop falling for it and investing in fool's gold. Now, listen, we, we have to live, we have to eat, we got jobs. 
One thing I really love about one of the things that we do here is something called Financial Peace University. It's really helped my wife and I to kind of, as far as our finances is concerned, think about what are we doing with the treasures in our hands? What are we doing with what we've been given? You can write on your, your handout today. I want you to write this real quick, please. Write three, the number three. Let me get to that. I want you to write the number three, and then right beside it, write T. T. Three T's. Time, talent, treasures. What are we doing with our time, talent, and treasures? Our world, our country, our culture is rapidly changing. Is it not? I, Jesus said, if, you know, if I be persecuted, you're going to be persecuted. That, that's just the way of the world. It's, it's going that way. Okay? I don't know exactly the details of where it's going here in our, our nation. But things are rapidly changing, I think you would be honest, we'd be honest to say. There are those that, that don't really like what we stand for. Those that mock us, those that ridicule us, those who like no more than for our faith to stay in these four walls and never leave that door. Oh, we'll, we'll let you have your little holy huddle there on Sunday mornings from 9 to 11.15. But don't, don't bring your faith into the marketplace of ideas. You know what the crazy thing is? And I, I don't say this to, to, to a, a guilt trip at all. Please hear, please hear me. I'm not, I'm not, what I'm getting ready to say in a moment, I'm not suggesting that we become Amish. You understand what I mean by that, okay? <laughs> understand? I'm just going to put it in context, okay? But these people that mock us, ridicule us, want to see us destroyed. We buy tickets to their movies. We buy jerseys and sports paraphernalia. We buy their music. We send our kids to the university so that they can be distorted and been told that everything that they've learned so far is absolute lie and a deception. We're paying, we're giving them God's kingdom money. Now again, I'm not saying that you never see a movie. I'm, not saying, I'm just saying that that's just be aware of, of these people. <laughs> these people don't like us, and they're giving them money so that they can continue to not like us. Just a thought. Just a thought. So Smyrna, they were poor, but they were rich. I'm glad for what we have. Man, I, I, I want Jesus to tell me that I'm rich in him. That's what I want. Let us store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust and dust and gold is pretty precious in our world. In heaven they pave the roads with it. It's either really plentiful or there's some better things than gold. 
Let's pray. Jesus, let our hope be built on nothing less than your blood and your righteousness. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground. Lord, as we gather today and engage in your word and your heart for us, I pray that we will remember our brothers and sisters around the world that are suffering right now for you. That as we prepare to come to communion, that although we rejoice and are thankful that we can come openly without hesitation, without fear, that our brothers and sisters in Christ, many, many, many are gathering in secret today. And for your glory, God, we remember them as we remember what you did for us on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.